Very good evening to you, afternoon to you, morning to you, depending on when you're listening. This is the Stockport County Live podcast with me, Chris Ridgway, and him, Martin Johnston. We want to start this week, as ever, by thanking The Spinning Top for their glorious and wonderful sponsorship of this very podcast. It is the very best pub to go to in Stockport if you're looking for a few beers and are of any way Stockport County orientated. It's just on the A6 on the way up into Manchester or back into Stockport, depending on which way you're going. And last Saturday, they gave us one of the finest evenings I've certainly had as a Stockport County fan, allowing us to meet our heroes, Mike, uh, Mike Flynn, Jim Gannon, Peter Ward, uh, and Michael Rains came down as well to make a, a complete lineup in the Stockport County Legends evening. We're going to cut straight, as ever, to the manager of Jim Gannon before going over the thoughts of the week with myself and Martin Johnston. Well, Jim, we're here on a Thursday, two games to look back on. We'll start with the most recent one, Spennymore. What a win, what a win on the road. Yeah, a fantastic win. Um, I think... We did everything right and everything professional and I think we went up there and in what turned out to be really difficult circumstances between the travel, the pitch, the referee and got what what is a, you know, must have sent a message around, not just to our fans but to the league that we're very much in, in business and um, a team that's capable of uh, challenging for the uh, playoffs and promotion. Was it daunting going up against a team who scored 15 goals in two games? Um, yeah, it... it, it I think everybody commented on the 15 goals in two games. Everybody's like, you know, gone, wow, 7-1 at Alfredton. You don't expect Billy Heath's sides to be beaten like that, especially with um, three or four of the goals being set plays. Um, but I know from my own experience when we've won games well that um, it's difficult then to, to do the same thing the next week. There's always a little bit of an edge comes off your team. Maybe that's complacency. Maybe that's the feeling that you're, you're a good side. Uh, so we always felt that um, that wouldn't happen again. It's very rare for a team to get that kind of um, result uh, in the second game. Um, but um, again, it was a different circumstances. We set about our our way of defending, our, our, our team set up and, and our game plan uh, was completely different probably to Alfredton. So, and we went there um, making sure that for the first time on the Tuesday that we we're going to come away with something really positive. You brought Jake Kirby back into the squad. He came back, he was recalled from Warrington, went straight in. What was your assessment on how Jake slotted back in? Well, the main reason for bringing Jake back was that um, I think I made a comment after the game on Saturday that um, we needed players with a perhaps a touch more now, a bit more quality. Uh, and I'm trusting that if they have that, they've, they've also got the maturity to have the consistency. Um, Jake is a player that we, we, we trust in that's given us more now some quality just needed to get him fit and uh, thankfully due to the, the time he's at, at Warrington he's had 10 weeks of football with a lot of games and I think even just in that 60 minutes at, um, at Spennymore I think we've seen what Jake has to offer um, and on the back of that we had a, obviously Elliot carrying an injury from the Barnet game which obviously affected his performance against Chester um, Darren came on Obviously, Darren's works hard, uh, but he was ill for a Tuesday game. So it was prime time, an opportunity for uh, Jake to come back. And I think he certainly um, helped play his part in what was a, a tremendous turnaround in performance and result. He got a lot of rave reviews by those who, who saw him play on Tuesday. Can you see him making that 11 shirt his own now for the remainder of the season? Or, or is, are you not really thinking like that? I think you asked Jake. That's what he's um, probably planning on doing. I think what we have is we have great competition now. Um, we've obviously got Darren, who's played most of last season and this season is the 11. Um, probably not really adequately replaced Danny Lloyd and the goals that Danny gave us, but Darren's a different player. Um, but we'd, we've used Matty in the 11 role, 
coming off the flank and he's got the goals and so is Jake. So um, we've worked la really, really hard in the last six weeks and trying to get, an, rather than even our nine isolated, to try and get our 10 close to him and also get our 11 um, in narrow, uh, in, inside players and getting goals. And I think between Warby and Jake, we'll get that um, because we need, we're, we're going to need by the end of the season, three or four players that are in double figures and, 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 and got a good chunk of games. And then if we top that up with goals from midfield and set plays like Sam Walker's provided them, we're going to uh, have enough goals to win the games that we'll need to, to be successful this year. A talking point revolved around Sam Walker on Tuesday night. He got his goal, very well taken free kick and then a bit of a dubious sending off. What were your views on that? I think I said post-match that um, the referees seem to be seriously affected by uh, the confrontation of all their staff with him. Um, I've never seen a referee be berated so much at half-time, but second half when he came out, he seemed to have a, um, a very lenient approach to their fouls and a very uh, overly um, negative one to us. Um, I think it summed it up really with their first goal. Matty Warburton was clearly pulled to the ground and then he let the play play on and we make a strong challenge and he gives a you know, free kick, which they score from. Um, I think he started even overruling his own linesman. When the linesman was given throw-ins for us, he was overruling They overruled himself because the crowd wanted a corner. It, it, it become a little bit disappointing and fast going and really left a bad taste in my mouth. But as the game went on, Sam Walker was already on the yellow. I felt he got fouled and then in the run-up to the challenge and then him and um, Curtis came together. Uh, Curtis went in really strong and hurt Sam. Sam was down. The referee decided to give a free kick for get, um, for them and book Sam and send him off. And, and I think it was to everybody's um, amazement and incredulous uh, decision. Um, and that's caused a lot of confusion because when he went off, in, as he hobbled off injured, everybody was wondering why he was going off. And um, uh, it's just a really bizarre decision. And then the referee then compounded that right in front of the dugout to allow Jay Kibbs to make a terrible over-the-top challenge on Scott Duxbury and then he felt that that was only worthy of a yellow. Um, so really, really disappointed to the point of being disgusted with that side of the game. Um, and it tarnished what would have been an enjoyable professional display and will come away with a bad taste because of that. Um, but credit to the players because the professionalism they showed to see the game out and get the third goal uh, just was a credit to them really. Uh, because like I said, between the travel, the pitch conditions, the opponents we're playing, every partisan crowd, everything we face, to come out with, with that kind of win is an incredible measure of their ability and their character. The game prior to that was Chester at home. A very tough game, I thought. Could have gone either, either way. Counter came away with a draw. What was your overall viewing on that? Now you've had a few days to think about it. Um, I suppose a lot of people will think it's a, it's a fair draw. They're, they're, bizarrely, they felt that they were cheated out of a result, which was bizarre. But I think they kind of... They have their own view, their media guys and their, their staff seem to have a very one-sided view of games. Um, from our perspective, um, I, I don't think we showed enough of quality, uh, enough um, guile in the final third to deserve to win. But when you look back at the chances we had, uh, we should have had a second goal. We should have had a, a goal before the goal we got, um, whether it be Frank's chance, uh, Matty's chance. These are the guys you put your money on to finish in those situations. So uh, for us to be left sort of having to work really hard just to get a point from a home game was was disappointing. Um, it's probably a result that probably suited Chester more, kept us 
uh, tucked behind them, having to win our games in hand. Um, but from our perspective, um, you know, we, you know, we've not been brilliant at home. What we needed to do uh, then was to go to spending more and make sure that we we got the four points out of the two games. Um, these are two teams that we're chasing, two teams above us. So we needed to make sure that we we took points off them. And wherever we could, like against spending more to, to make them six pointers count. And that's going to be the true measure of this team now over the next seven games when we play similar teams like Altenham, uh, Kidderminster, and Bradford, who are all above us. So we've got a really tough, tough group of games coming up. But I think the last two games have shown us um, that we've got a chance uh, of coming out at the back end in a really good position. You mentioned that last week about climbing up to the, the higher echelons of the table. Uh, certainly by the turn of the year or in the first couple of weeks of the new year. I would imagine the Spennymore game in particular has fueled that desire. Yeah, I think it was really important because um, I think we had this situation when we came out of the FA Trophy last year. A lot of people thought the season was over, you know, the cup, cup fervour had died down and uh, we weren't going to Wembley. Um, we were mid-table. And I kind of said to myself, we need to win those games in hand. We need to get uh, maximum points for them. We need to get on a run. Uh, with the other games and, and we did that last year and I think what's really important for us um, we've had a, a bit of a kick in the teeth coming out of the FA Cup in the fashion we did and also then losing at Blythe a difficult Tuesday night long, longest journey you could have on a Tuesday night um, and I think I was looking at the Spending More game and the Ashton game thinking it's going to be difficult to get six points out of that but going to Spending More and getting three uh, means that we can certainly capitalise on our our two games in hand, if you like, or the game in hand, uh, we've got that tucked in our back pocket um, and we've got to maximise that. And if we take them three points, then we'll be in the uh, playoffs. And then it's a question of us against all the other teams that are up there, uh, fighting out from everything from first spot to 10th spot. So very wide open. All I wanted to do was, was get, when we came out of the FA Cup and all we had those fixtures, to come out at, at the turn of the year in a really strong position because I trust based upon last season and the season before that, that we're a team that grows, a team that gets stronger with the training and the quality and the coaching and the additions you will make, that I feel we'll be in a strong position then to be really competitive as each month ticks by. It is the FA Trophy next. Altrincham doing really well in the league, came up against County in the FA Cup earlier this year uh, and County looked very, very good for money. What can you take from that game going into this one in the FA Trophy? Well, firstly, credit to Altrincham because um, I think since we beat them in that, I mean, they were, on, they were on a good run of form, scoring a lot of goals before we played them. Um, so it was a very professional display that beat them. Uh, they've been on a great run since. I think Phil got uh, man of the month, manager of the month. Um, they, they seem to be adding a player every week. Um, um, great result of Brackley last week. And then even the league form is, is the best in the last six. And then you add on top of that the fact that they, they walloped Bradford in the last round. Um, a little bit like ourselves, they haven't had an easy ride in this competition. They've had to play one of the top sides in the competition, same as us. Bradford and Chordy would have been the two contenders uh, for the, the better teams in the uh, competition. We've both beaten them. Uh, we go head to head now on Saturday. Um, I think, given that the FA Trophy um, being, the, if you like, the non league FA Cup as such, uh, an opportunity to go to Wembley. I think it's something that both teams will consider, seriously consider as a really important competition, regardless of league form. So um, we put league form um, and league endeavours to one side and um, we look forward to what's going to be a fantastic um, FA Trophy tie, probably the tied around, as I said last one, um, against Chorley. Tied around, local derby um, and a real 
litmus test of the games that are going to come over the Christmas period. So, a fantastic atmosphere, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully the uh, game lives up to it. Do the lads, do the lads have that little bit more about them now? Now they've tasted it with the FA Cup and the potential, the, the, the you know, the conversations that happen. If we beat these, then we could do this. Does that translate in the FA Trophy? You've mentioned Wembley. They're not going to get a Liverpool or Arsenal, but they could get that trip to Wembley. I, I think um, talk of Wembley at this stage in the FA Trophy, this side of Christmas, is um, nobody's talking about that. Fans might, I don't know. Um, but I think it's like talking about promotion when you've got to spend more than one. It's just another game on a long journey to get to where you want to go. I think from our perspective, I think the lads are professional enough to know that this is just the next game. Uh, they don't see beyond this. Um, if we beat them, they won't be talking about Wembley or the FA Trophy. They'll be talking about Ashton. Um, so I think what we did here really well against um, Alston last game, although we, we weren't great first half and gave them cheap possession, I think we, we've learned that um, they're a team that likes to play. Um, if we give them cheap ball, they'll, they'll, they'll dominate. Uh, but if we pressurise them, work hard, uh, pounce on the mistakes, pounce on them overplay, and then we can win the game. And I think that uh, the players will be thinking more about those angles, I think, than Wembley. Um, Wembley's a long way away. Um, ultimately, we have to keep our eyes focused on just trying to keep the good form going, try and keep uh, the good habits going, try and keep learning different things about our opponents that are going to be at advantage within the game, the next game or the next time we play them, and uh, just keep moving forward. And I think we've created a bit of momentum now um, and we want to keep that going on a Saturday. Just finally, Jim, you get a draw on Saturday, you're facing Altrincham four times in a month. Is that over-familiar? Um, it, it can be. Um, you know, I was watching, <laughs> um, I went to watch... Staley Bridge played Buxton and uh, surprisingly, not no surprise, they had a league match with them uh, after the FA Trophy. They drew the FA Trophy, so they had three matches and three three games against uh, Buxton. So, yeah, it, it can create a, a little bit of a stale atmosphere because you kind of you, you figure each other out and you kind of like there's no surprise elements. But um, no, from our perspective, um, it's a difficult one because you know you know with a part time. Set up. Um, we've got nine games and twenty-nine games over the festive period. Everybody's work generally goes up at this time of the year. We're now going into um, seven games in the next, um, well, I think, three weeks. Um, you know, twenty-one days. Um, we we we're, we're trying to prepare from one game to the next, uh, and we still don't know who we're going to be playing on Tuesday. So, um, but the staff and the players will pick things up. Um, from our perspective, uh, I don't think either club would want. Um, a replay but we just um, have a, a right goal to win the game and then we see what the result is and then if it's Edgy Park on a Tuesday night so be it uh, or if it's Ashton Tuesday night then we look forward to that and building on the progress that we're making Jim all the very best for Saturday thanks so much Chris another fascinating week in the life of a county fan first an Entirely creditable draw, a good draw against Chester on Saturday, and then our amazing County Legends night at the Spinning Top, our first ever live event, which was really well attended at our sponsors, the Spinning Top. Um, some fantastic guests on stage, some really good banter with the crowd, sing along. It was just a, a great evening. And then County go and do the business on Tuesday night, and another fantastic ho away win. 
let's start with that County Legends night, Martin. It really was uh, a special, special evening. And for me, as a Stockport County fan, first and foremost, forget the broadcasting, forget the interviews and, and everything else. As a fan, to be able to sit alongside players like Peter Ward, Mike Flynn, Jim Gannon and Michael Rain, who, you know, they, they join the club at different periods uh, or different times, you know, some of them play together, some of them manage some of the others, um, you know, backroom staff and all the rest of it, really, really closely linked. Uh, and, you know, for me, I think one of the most special parts of it was Michael Raines because we speak so much about the glory days of the 90s and why wouldn't we, you know, the, the highest time in the club's history, I think. So we, we do look back on those days with such fond memories, but... You also kind of forget that team in the 90s, and Michael Raines was a, a big part of that. Now, all right, you know, a few people quite ridiculously said online, oh, you're calling him a legend, you know, a bit pathetic. And, all. and I thought that's, I just thought it was really disrespectful. Then when we spoke to him, he said, look, I'm not a legend. Don't put, you know, you don't have to put me down as a legend. But he came out and he spoke with the heart and soul of someone who breathed Stockport County. He said numerous occasions he wouldn't have had the career that he did if uh, you know if it wasn't for Stockport County and Jim Gannon and Peter Ward. He, he talked about the, the friends he had at the club, the memories with Liam Dickinson and Michael Rose and Johnny Mullins. And, you know, rightly so, we're going to speak about the 90s and we're going to speak about Danny Begara and Dave Jones and Gary Megson. But I think you look at you look at Michael Raines sitting there talking about the other good times in recent you know, in recent memory, the other good occasions that we had and also what he owes to the club. But I think the best bit of it was him sitting next to Jim Gannon, Peter Ward and Mike Flynn, and he kept turning to us and going, I love this. This is what I, I went to the terraces to watch. You know, I was sitting in the stands watching all this happen. So really, really happy for him that he got to be a part of that evening. And I thought he brought so much to the evening as well. You could tell he was really happy to be there. He's a stopboard boy. And I just, you know... Mike Flynn, Peter Ward, um, Jim Gannon, great value for money. Uh, they're always going to be great value for money. But Rainsy was a little bit different. So for me, yeah, I think I think Rainsy, hat off to him, hat off to all the legends. And I really think everyone, I don't think anyone went out of that, out of the spinning top that evening. I don't think anybody left not happy, you know, with the evening. I don't think anybody went there expecting more. You know, they got great laughs, great banter at the same time, you know, remembering the Stockport County family that uh, are no longer with us. Uh, I just think it was it was such a good evening and it was a, it, as a fan, it was a true, true honour to be a part of that. It, it really, really was. And I echo you and, and Mike at the Spinning Top in that, well, thanking, first off, thanking the Spinning Top, thanking those players who came and sat with us, but thanking every single person that came that night because I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit worried. I didn't know if we were going to get an attendance down. You know, I know, I know Blossoms were playing um, up the road on the same night and that's always going to take a big chunk of county fans with them but it turned out really well and I, and I for one was really happy with it so great night we look then on to Spennymore and Chester Chester I think a lot has been said about the Chester game both sides arguably should have done a bit better um, Asante for Chester looks a real, real threat and I thought the county boys did well to keep him at bay I thought he should have done a little bit better with one finish where he, he slammed it against the post but other than that he was a constant thorn uh, in county's side and you know there was a lot of people noticed him so the, the defence and, and Ben Hinchliffe have done a good job there you, you look up the field uh, Matty Warburton he could have had a couple of chat you know he could have had a couple of goals um, just really wasn't his day but county have battled against a team who are going to be up there 
come the top of the se- come the end of the season, and uh, they, they've held their own. So really, really great day. And then Spennymore. I mean, you go up to Spennymore on a Tuesday night, knowing that County don't travel well during the week. Um, you know, the history books say, and you're going up against a team who's got 15 goals in two games, which is just a ridiculous stat. It really, really is. Um, but what they've done. They've gone on. They've 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 done a job. They've played professionally. They've you know they, they've identified what the attacks of spending more are going to be, where the threats coming from, where the dangers posed, uh, and they've cancelled it out completely. Uh, I think it it, <laughs> it really was um, a professional performance. And the only kind of blot on the copybook is Sam Walker being sent off. But it's nice to hear manager Jim Gannon standing up for him and saying the refs got that wrong. You know the the ref really needs to be looked at. And you listen to the. The tone of Jim Gannon's voice, he was disgusted, you know, dismayed with the referee. Um, and you just think, okay, we've heard him, you know, not berate referees in the past, but we've heard him maybe not come across as positive. But for, for all of Jim Gannon's critics, I think it's, uh, you have to call him a fair man. He, you know, he comes across and speaks very fair. If someone's done a good job, he'll say they've done a good job. And if they if he doesn't think they have, then then he'll say that. Um, and I think, I think, Tuesday, Tuesday night proved that. I think Sam Walker's gone in for a fair challenge. It's a, it's a tough challenge, but you know it's fifty fifty that you know the other lad's gone in just with just as much venom as Sam has, and uh, unfortunately Sam's got the red card. So luckily Jim Gannon has, has planned for every eventuality. So we've got a squad depth there that's really really good, really really strong. Jordan Keane who can step in, Paul Turnbull can step in, Elliot Osborne can drop back, Connor DeMayo can come in. So there's. There are bodies to replace Sam, but Sam's a big loss. You know, we've said it a few times for me, arguably the player of the season so far. Um, he's everywhere. He's the middle of the park. He gets to left back. He gets to left wing. He's he's everywhere. So big loss. Um, you know, we'll, he will be missed, but we've got bodies in. Uh, overall, you've got to say a very, very successful week. Four points from those two games uh, and we go on. So across those two games, who was the man? Who really stood out for you? The well, the, the the man for this week. I mean, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because I think four points against those two teams. You, you could look at a lot of people and you could say they played really well. They played really well. Uh, I'm going to go for probably the obvious choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Matty Warburton. Uh, pitched in with another goal. Whether you believe it or not, <laughs> it's his after it deflected off um, off the back of Frank Mulhern. Was it his goal? Was it not his goal? I don't know. You know, uh, we'll, we'll let the dubious gold panels decision or whatever they're called. We'll let them come up with that one. But you can't argue that that goal doesn't happen if Matty doesn't engineer it. So for me, Matty Warburton, the man, and I think you know he will continue to be for many, many more weeks to come this season because he is what he is. He's such a ball of energy. He's got such a talent, but at the same time, he's got that that mindset, that attitude, that charisma that um, not many players can bring to the squad. He's he's the player you see chasing everything down. I think he's learned a lot from his time out of the game. Yeah, sorry, time out of the team at the beginning of the season. I think he's he's learned what the manager wants and what Stockport County expects of him if you're to pull on that blue shirt. And he's 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 delivering and then some. So you've got to say hats off to Matty. And looking ahead to Saturday, who are you going to keep in your eye on? Who's you want to watch? Who's Chris Ridgeway's want to watch this Saturday? Now, the one to watch is going to be interesting for me because it's the FA Trophy. So you think, does Jim play his strongest team? And you know you know he's going to do this. A lot of fans will say, look, forget it. It's the FA Trophy. We're out of the cup. Let's just focus on the league and get promoted because this season in particular, it looks like anybody could do that. But 
when you when you work in competitive sport, it's just it's not just that easy to say, oh, I'm not interested about this game. You don't work all your life and all your career to get into this one spot just to go, I'm not actually bothered about this game, especially with a local rival who's above you in the league. It just, no, it doesn't happen. So he probably will take the opportunity to move a couple of things around just you know, because obviously the league is still the priority, but you can you can bet your bottom dollar it's still going to be a strong team. So you think, well, who is the one to watch? Who's who's going to be the main focus there? And for me, I'm going to shirk your question a little bit because I'm going to say it's whoever gets that number nine shirt. I think Frank Mulhern and Niall Bell are both tug of warring for that shirt. And I, for what it's worth, I think maybe not detriment, maybe that's the wrong word, but I don't think it's it's always the most positive thing for the team because I think players do need a whole run of games and they're both doing okay when they come on. You know, they're both making things happen, but they're not dominating the game. Maybe in the same way we saw Asante dominate for Chester last week. So whoever gets that number nine shirt, be it Frank, be it Niall, you know, the job is on them now to to dominate teams, to lead the Stockport County line of attack and to just apply pressure everywhere. You might not get 40 goals, 35 goals a season, but if you can make 45, 50 goals happen by your own goals and contributing to assists and dragging defenders out of play and all the rest that comes with it, then um, you, you know, you're the makings of a very good number nine and County have the makings of two very good number nines there, but we need them to really start taking ownership now and just putting everything into this because they've both got immense talent as they've both proven already this season. Um, but maybe because they're not playing all the games like some of the other players in the team are, maybe for other reasons, I'm not sure, but then we're not seeing it consistently all the way through. So whoever gets that number nine shirt, I want to see them make a claim. Go out and say, look, I know it's only the trophy, but put 110% in, do everything you can do, get a goal, get an assist, um, get man of the match and then um, take it from there. So for me, the one to watch is whoever wears the number nine.